Chapter Seven of Fame and Fortune. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Fame and Fortune, or the Progress of Richard Hunter by Horatio Alger Jr. Chapter Seven. A Financial Discussion. In the course of the morning, Dick called at Park Bank and presented the check which was made payable to himself. His employer had accompanied him to the bank on a previous day, and introduced him to the cashier as one who was authorized to receive and pay over money for the firm. Dick therefore found no difficulty in obtaining his money, though the fact that the check was made payable to him created some surprise. "'Your salary seems to be a large one,' said the teller, as he handed our hero ten bills of a hundred dollars each. "'Yes,' said Dick. "'My services are very valuable.' On leaving the bank, Dick went to the savings bank and presented his book. How much do you wish to deposit? A thousand dollars, said Dick briefly. The bank officer looked at him in surprise. How much did you say? he repeated. A thousand dollars. No nonsense, young man. My time is too valuable, said the other impatiently. He was justified in his incredulity. Since Dick's deposits hitherto had been in sums of from one to five dollars. If you don't want to take my money, I can go somewhere else, said our hero, who was now on his dignity. I have a thousand dollars to deposit. Here it is. The bank officer took the money and counted it over in considerable surprise. Business is improving, isn't it? he said. Yes, said Dick. I made all that money in one day. If you should want a partner, call round and see me. All right, I won't forget. Dick took the bank book and, putting it in his inside coat pocket, buttoned up his coat and hurried back to the store. His reflections were of a very agreeable nature, as he thought of his large deposit in the savings bank, and he could not help feeling that he had been born under a lucky star. Nothing of consequence transpired in the store that day. Dick was attentive to his duties. He was determined to learn the business as rapidly as possible, not only because he felt grateful to Mr. Rockwell for his kindness, but also because he knew that this was the best thing for his future prospects. Mr. Murdoch, who has already been mentioned, was of service to him in this respect. He was himself an excellent businessman, and very conscientious in the discharge of his duties. He required the same fidelity of others. He had observed Dick closely. And was attracted towards him by his evident desire to give satisfaction, as well as by his frank, open face. He resolved to help him along, more especially when he saw the manner in which he was being treated by the bookkeeper. To tell the truth, Mr. Gilbert was not a favorite with Mr. Murdoch. He understood his business to be sure, and so far as Mr. Murdoch knew, kept the books correctly. But personally, he was not agreeable, and the head salesman doubted whether his integrity was what it should have been. So, altogether, he made up his mind to help Dick on as well as he could, and take pains to instruct him in the business. Dick, on his side, was pleased with Mr. Murdoch, and determined to make him a confidant in the matter of his sudden accession of fortune. He took an opportunity, therefore, during the day, to say to him, Mr. Murdoch, I want to ask your advice about something. Well, lad, what is it? said his friend kindly. If it's about choosing a wife, I don't know whether my advice will be good for much. It isn't that, said Dick. 
Next year will be soon enough for that. So I should think. Well, if it's nothing of that sort, what is it? It's about investing some money. I thought you might be able to advise me. How much is it? asked Mr. Murdoch, supposing the sum could not be more than fifty or sixty dollars. Eleven hundred dollars, said Dick. How much? demanded the salesman in surprise. Eleven hundred dollars. Is it your own? Yes. Of course you couldn't have earned so much. Was it left to you? I'll tell you all about it, said Dick. I wouldn't tell Mr. Gilbert, and I don't mean he shall know it, but I'd just as leaves tell you. Do you know why Mr. Rockwell gave me this place? No. I've wondered a little. Not at that, but at his giving you so much higher pay than boys usually receive. Then I'll tell you. Dick proceeded to give an account of the manner in which he had rescued little Johnny from drowning, as related in the adventures of Ragged Dick. It was a brave act, said Mr. Murdoch. It was nothing at all, said Dick modestly. I could swim like a duck, and I didn't mind the wetting. But you ran the risk of drowning. I didn't think of that. If you had been a coward or a selfish boy, it would have been the first thing you would have thought of. So Mr. Rockwell gave you this place in acknowledgment of your service. I am glad he did. You deserve it. He has done more, said Dick. Then he related the events of the previous evening, and told Mr. Murdoch of the two gifts he had received. So with the money I had before, I have now eleven hundred dollars, Dick concluded. Shall I leave it in the savings bank, or can I do better with it? I'll tell you what I think will be a good investment, said Mr. Murdoch. I know a party who owns four adjoining lots on 45th Street. He is pressed for money, and wishes to dispose of them. He offered them to me at $2,200, half cash. I offered him a $1,000 cash for two of them, but he wishes to sell the whole together. I think it will be an excellent speculation, for the laying out of Central Park is carrying up the price of lots in the neighborhood rapidly. Why didn't you buy them, then? Because I didn't want to buy anything that I couldn't pay for at once. I've got a wife and three children to look out for, and so I can save money, but slowly. If I only had myself to take care of, I wouldn't hesitate. Can't we club together and buy it? suggested Dick eagerly. That is just what I was going to propose. I think the owner will take two thousand dollars down for the lots. That will be a thousand dollars apiece. I've got that money, and so have you. What do you think of it? Tip top, said Dick enthusiastically. It's just what I'd like to do. Of course, it wouldn't bring us in anything, but would instead be an expense for the present, as we should have to pay taxes on it. On the other hand, you could invest the money in bank stock so as to receive seventy or eighty dollars annually at interest. You must decide which investment you prefer. The land we may have to keep on hand, four or five years, paying taxes yearly. But the price will go up. There's no doubt of that. The city is extending northwards rapidly. I shouldn't be surprised if the lots would bring a thousand dollars apiece in less than five years. That would be equal to a very handsome interest. I'm in for buying em, said Dick. So if you'll see the owner, I'll have the money all ready, whenever you want. Very well. But perhaps you would look to see them first. We'll manage to get off an hour earlier than usual this afternoon, and go up and take a look at them. It seems to me Mr. Murdoch and that boy are pretty thick together, 
said the bookkeeper, glancing through the glass partition. He could see that they were conversing earnestly, but of course couldn't hear a word that was said. What he, or Mr. Rockwell, can see in that young rascal passes my comprehension. He called sharply to Dick, and ordered him to go to the post office for letters. All right, said Dick. And mind you don't loiter by the way, said the bookkeeper sharply. You were gone long enough at the bank this morning. Did you come right back? No, said Dick. Why didn't you? There was somewhere else I wanted to go. On your business or Mr. Rockwell's? On my own business. So I thought I shall report you to Mr. Rockwell, said Gilbert triumphantly. I wouldn't if I were you, said Dick coolly. And why not, you young rascal? Because he knows it already. Knows it already, repeated the bookkeeper, discomfited. Well, I hope he gave you a good scolding. Sorry to disappoint you, said Dick, but he knows it because he gave me leave to go. I don't believe it, said Gilbert, mortified to find that Dick was in the right after all. Then perhaps you'd better ask Mr. Rockwell. I will, said Gilbert, who really had no intention of doing so. You must have had some very urgent private business, he added with a sneer. You're right there, said Dick. Playing marbles with some of your ragamuffin friends, I suppose. Playing marbles is a very refined and intellectual amusement, said Dick. But I don't play marbles in business hours. Where did you go? said the bookkeeper impatiently. I don't want any of your impertinence. I went to the savings bank, said Dick. I suppose you have a very large account there, sneered Gilbert. Yes, said Dick quietly. Pretty large. It's to be hoped you won't withdraw your patronage, or the bank might fail. Then I won't, said Dick. Shall I go to the post office now? Yes, and be quick about it. The bookkeeper had some curiosity as to the amount of Dick's account at the savings bank, but there was no good chance for him to inquire, and he accordingly returned to his writing, more prejudiced against Dick than ever. On the whole, I have some doubts whether Dick's manner was quite as respectful as it ought to have been, to one who was older and higher in office than himself. I should not recommend my young readers to imitate him in this respect, but it is my business to describe Dick just as he was, and I have already said that he was not a model boy. Still, in most respects he tried to do what was right, and it must be admitted that the bookkeeper's treatment of him was not likely to inspire much attachment or respect. Dick had no difficulty in perceiving the dislike entertained by Gilbert for him, and he was beginning to cherish a similar feeling towards the bookkeeper. He determined, however, to give him no cause of complaint, so far as he was entitled to command his services. But it must be confessed, he found much more satisfaction in obeying Mr. Rockwell and Mr. Murdoch. End of chapter 7